When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Hello. And welcome to Awesome Etiquette. Where we explore modern etiquette through the lens of consideration, respect, and honesty. On today's show, we take your questions on getting mixed signals from your neighbors, addressing wedding invitations and Christmas cards as a couple, including two occasions in one card, and family members who ask for time together rather than gifts. For Awesome Etiquette Sustaining members, your question of the week is about maintaining a business relationship with a company when you choose to go with a competitor to provide a service. Plus your most excellent feedback etiquette salute and a postscript on receiving gifts well all that's coming up awesome etiquette comes to you from the studios of our home offices in what feels like balmy vermont right now and is proud to be produced by the emily post institute i'm lizzie post and i'm dan post senning hey cuz good morning cuz I got to see your shining face last night on a little Zoom Zoom get-together. It was so nice to see you and a few of our Awesome Etiquette audience members. It was. It, we got to do something we've wanted to do for a very long time, and that was a Zoom video call with our sustaining members of our of our Patreon feed, and it went really well. It was so wonderful to see so many people and to put faces with names. It was a really gratifying experience. I was really glad that, that we set it up, that we did it, and that, that so many wonderful, awesome etiquette listeners and sustaining members turned up for it. So thank you to our audience members who came, and I certainly hope that we get to do more of these in the future. Me too. I would call it a a smashing success from my perspective. And I hope that those of you who are listening now who were also there also enjoyed yourself. And like you, Lizzie Post, I'm really hoping that we're able to um, continue to do things like that in the future. And for anybody who's listening to this who's saying, what? What is that? I I, I didn't know there could be a live chat with Dan and Lizzie Post. <laughs> We did it through our Patreon community, and that's the sustaining member community that you often hear us shout out and invite people to find out more about on this show. And it's something that we've been thinking about doing for a long time. And finally, as the the holidays were approaching, we said there would be no better time to to break that third wall between us and some of the awesome etiquette audience. And uh, it was a little scary for me, but also really exciting. It was. It really was. So thank you to everyone who participated and keep your ears out and jump over and check out our, our Patreon feed to see if we're going to be doing any more live calls in the future. I, I definitely want to do another one. I just I had way too much fun chatting and sharing with our audience. It was really a delight. So thank you all for participating and being there. In some ways, it felt kind of like a kickoff to the, the holiday parties that I feel like are going to be going. It kind of did for and me too. I, I'm going to just say, 
because it was my favorite holiday party invite so far because I didn't have to worry about anything COVID related to attend this event, which was amazing. I've definitely been going back and forth, you know, on a couple invites that I have as to whether I feel like it's the right thing to do. But I'm curious, what's the holiday buildup over at your house? I know I've been dealing with the wrong gifts showing up and seeing if I can get the right ones in time and trying to still get... I've got the tree decorated and the lights on, but the lights need to go on the house today. Like, that's a mission for today. What What have you got in the lead up? Is there any super fun, elfy stuff that you're working on? I'm, my, my, my second job is Elf right now. No question. <laughs> and no, it's it's coming. Tick tock, tick tock. It's a bit of a loaded question for me. We're going to be going to spend the, the Christmas holiday with Pooja's family and her parents and sister, Aww. which means that we're going to do the Senning family version of the Christmas holiday this weekend. Yay! So by the time this show start on Christmas, <laughs> by the time this show airs, I'm, I, I will have uh, um, already uh, had some eggnog and unwrapped a few gifts and <laughs> uh, woke up in pajamas with family. I am really looking forward to it, and I kind of don't mind that I get to start a little early. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that this is Dan Post Senning's favorite holiday. And so I'm glad to see you kind of getting to expand your holiday celebration, you know? It's it's really awesome. <laughs> it is. And that's the reward. The payoff on the other side is that I have to logistically coordinate having one Christmas here <laughs> and then moving and having another Christmas somewhere else. So there there is a, a task list that goes along with the joy. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Like any good parent or person, I feel like that's the reality of of grown-up life, right? Indeed. And what about you, Cousin Lizzie? What's on your docket? Well, aside from my last-minute scramble of, oh my goodness, the wrong gift showed up for like four family members (laughs) and trying to see if I can rectify this particular catastrophe, I'm really looking forward to starting Christmas Eve. I'll be out at my parents' house with my sister and her family, and my nephew is old enough now where he really gets Christmas, and and we do do Santa Claus in our family, and so he's, he's really starting to understand the magic of it, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, my mom does basically Christmas palooza at our house, we call it, because everything is is decorated so beautifully. And um, this is a time where even if we're just sort of the seven of us or how, however many of us there are now at this point, she really does make a special effort with everything. And so yeah. like, you know, she she breaks out the silver, even though it's like us and the kids, you know, and I, I got to say, it makes me feel special. Um, it's I, It's not something I would like turn to and say this makes Christmas but I love the fact that my mom even though our day is very casual with one another that she puts the fancy touches on everything because it does elevate it and I I really love that but it'll be presents and kiddos and pancakes and you know uh, sitting by the fire and napping and all all of the fun and I just I can't wait and I'm really looking forward to our big post family gathering on the 26th with all the cousins so I'm glad I've got a week still to prepare. I'm not quite in your shoes. I've got, I've got a week left, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of it. I'm so glad you mentioned Trisha Post, and it's one of the skills that I think of her having. She's really good at that, of yeah. making something special and finding yeah. a way to really invest in something in a way that, that you can see the attention that she's given it. It's, um, yeah. And it has real, it has real payoffs. 
Aww. Well, we certainly hope that for those of you celebrating the Christmas holiday that you are getting excited about your plans and thinking about the best ways to keep uh, – do we, do we say it? Should we encourage some manners and politeness at the foreground as we head into family gatherings? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. And what do you think? Do you think we should maybe tackle some etiquette questions this week before we all take off for the holiday? Another great idea. Let's <laughs> do it. Awesome Etiquette is here to answer your questions. You can email them to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can also leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. You can also reach us on social media. On Twitter, we are at emilypostinst. On Instagram, we are at emilypostinstitute. And on Facebook, we are Awesome Etiquette. Just remember, use the hashtag awesomeetiquette with your post so that we know you want your question on the show. Awesome Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? <laughs> StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. <laughs> After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Our first question is titled, Thankful but Confused. Dear Dan and Lizzie, first, thank you for what you do. I work in fundraising and started listening to your podcast as a way to enhance relationships with my donors, and I've found that it's not only enriched my work, but also my personal life. I've learned that etiquette is an expression of kindness, and I have felt a deeper connection with the people in my life the more I incorporate your advice. So thank you. I'm writing today about my older neighbors. Over the past several months, they've sent us holiday treats and now a note with a $25 gift card in the mail, all addressed to the previous owners of our house. 
We've lived here for five years and have introduced ourselves several times to our neighbors and their adult daughters, and have even exchanged token holiday treats with our names on them with one another in the past. A friend knows the family and says that the parents are of sound mind, so I don't think it's a memory issue. How would you advise thanking and attempting to correct the issue? Earlier in the year, I wrote thank you notes with an explanation that we're the new owners, but now I feel uncomfortable that we're receiving $25 gift cards. For this last gift, I sent it back in the mail marked with no longer at this address, but I saw one of the daughters bring it over later that week and put it in our mailbox. An additional wrinkle in all of this is that Every time I come in contact with the husband, he offers to pay us to take down our fence because he doesn't like it. In general, he is quite brusque with us, but his wife's cards and lovely gifts are so sweet. I want to be gracious and assume the best, but could this be related? As with any gift, I want to write a thank you note, but am inclined to return the gift card to them as we're not the intended recipients and we're not sure if something else is at play. And do I again clarify that we're not the previous owners? They don't answer the door, so speaking to them doesn't seem to be an option. Thank you in advance for your advice and have a wonderful rest of your holiday season. With gratitude, thankful, but confused. Dan, I'm confused too. I was going to say the exact same thing. What a, <laughs> what an awkward situation. It definitely ranks as, yeah, awkward and, and not, not, I don't want to say normal, but not, not, not what I was expecting when I saw the title of this particular question. No. And I think one of the things that we can do whenever we're faced with an awkward, confusing or difficult situation is you, you return to core principles and you look for yeah. sort of foundational things that you can turn to that are going to help you navigate it. And the, the first one of those that I identified in this question is that as a baseline etiquette, we often talk about receiving gifts well, but you don't have to receive any gift. And particularly if something makes you feel uncomfortable or if there's a reason that you think it would be inappropriate, that it is okay to turn down a gift. You can do it. And there are potential social repercussions for that, but, but that is within everyone's purview it's it's everyone can make that choice for themselves what those lines are and where they draw them and if this situation starts to become one of those it is okay to continue to return the gift mm -hmm. having said that i oftentimes will lay the lay the groundwork so that i can make decisions and not necessarily have to exercise that option but just knowing that uh -huh. that's a possibility for me is one of the things that gives me some security making choices if i don't decide to go that route totally the next thing that comes to my mind when I read this question is that a lot of the advice that I would give was already executed on with the the first round of we returned the card with a note explaining that uh, we were so appreciative that essentially it was a thank you note that also mentioned that it had been sent to the wrong people just mm -hmm. so that you shared both your appreciation for receiving the gift, but also the information that you would think they would want to not make the mistake again, or even to give them the opportunity to clarify and tell you that, yes, indeed, it was intended for intended you and it was their you. mistake. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself that you could take a second pass at that mm -hmm. process, but in some ways you have checked that box also. So to me, it's not the obvious next thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
I also liked that they tried the route of just returning the envelope that you you mark it as having returned been sent to, to the wrong yeah. place. And I, I, I frankly, I, I don't even I shouldn't be, even be opening this. I should just send it back to the person yeah. who who sent it. But the fact that someone from that family physically brought it over and delivered it themselves again to me is a is a type of communication that makes it more awkward to think about returning it a second time. I'm with you on that. For me, one of the things I keyed in here was that I was a little curious and I had a thought about this particular moment. I was curious if when that item was brought back over to the house by the daughter, one of the older older daughters, if in that moment was your name then put on it, you know, or is it just a gift card without a card, you know, I was trying to imagine like, cause they're, they're clearly sending the message. No, this is intended for you. We know who you are, but at the same time, things have been arriving labeled for the previous owners of the house. And that's, that's where I think for me that this feels so strange. And what I might've wanted to do in the moment where I saw the older daughter come over and bring it back is to, to catch her at my mailbox and to say, Hey, I just wanted to to double check. Your, your parents do keep sending us stuff labeled for the previous couple that lives here. But when we try to send it back, they seem to to do this. I'm, we're not exactly sure what we should be doing to be polite and good neighbors to your parents on this one. Do you have any insight? And, and just trying to get someone from that household to talk to you about it. I can understand not wanting to talk to the the husband of the family who's been brusque with you and, and wants to pay you to take your fence down and things like that. But it does seem like the, the wife tries to reach out. I can't tell whether the writing the other couples or the previous owners' names on things is a very intentional slight. You know, which I think at certain points it could be seen as, especially since you all do actually know each other or and I don't like stirring stuff up like that. I've just got to say that even with that comment or whether it it is just a they keep forgetting or I I, I don't know. It's definitely confusing. And I think that's why Dan and I both said, like, wow, this is a really confusing situation. I would see if I could try and talk to one of the daughters about it if I couldn't talk to the wife about it, if I don't see her out and about and can catch her. As you mentioned, they don't answer their door if you go knock on it. So that, again, makes it a little hard to figure out what's going on here. Lizzie, you mentioned that there's a chance that they just forgot that putting Mm -hmm. the wrong name on the treats or the gift card that came later were were slips of the mind. Yeah, like simple slips of the mind. I think that there's a very good chance that that's what's going on here. And it can be really tough to say maybe this act wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, I think there's a good possibility that that's the case, enough of a possibility that that's the case, that I would want to keep that in mind in terms of the way I responded. When the daughter's coming over and dropping it back off after it's been sent back to you as a, these people don't live here, it's it's a clear sign they're trying to get you this thing. Like, it's it's not a mistake. They haven't forgotten. Exactly. Um, but, they, but they may have forgotten when they put, when they wrote the address to the person who had previously lived there for as, you know, as we've mentioned, maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years. 
And those kind of slips of the mind can easily happen to any of us as we age, not necessarily an indication of, you know, um, lack of competency or lack of competency or something. Um, And at, at the same time, in reality, a number of those things build up and it's what drives you to actually go to the doctor and, and ask if something's going on. And so there's there's that, too. But without getting too far into it, I think that having the daughter come over and drop this thing off shows that it was very clearly intended for you. Whether or not you accept it, as Dan had mentioned earlier, is is a different thing. And if you really don't want to accept it, you might say, you know, you would return it with a note since it doesn't seem that they answer the door. You might tell the daughter, I'm really not comfortable accepting a $25 gift card from your folks. I've loved the treats that we exchange sometimes this time of year, but this felt different to me. And that's an okay thing to express. I, I also personally wouldn't, you know, I would think, okay, this is what this person's choosing to do this year, you know, just because it's it's not a hundred dollar gift card. You know what I mean? It's not, um, it's still worthwhile. I mean, it's, it's, it's not nothing. $25 will get you pretty far at a coffee shop or something like that. You know, I just think I'd be wary of thinking it's got too many bad intentions coming with it or that it's some kind of thing in relation to the issue between the two of you with the fence. It would go a long way at the coffee shop, probably wouldn't go a long way towards removing or replacing a fence. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thankful but confused. I think that you signed your question to us with the perfect spirit. And I think if you hang on to that gratitude and appreciation for neighbors who are willing to make an effort and allow for a little bit of confusion in the spirit of it's really not coming from you and these are your neighbors and you want to cut them as much slack as possible. I think it's going to leave you in the right space to make little decisions along the way, whether the treats show up hand delivered or in the mail or whether it's something that happens at some point in the future. That appreciative but slightly befuddled spirit I think will serve you remarkably well. Thank you so much for your question. Well, that's the end of our story. A happy ending, too, because Steve Hall finally did face up to both sides of his problem, the physical and the emotional alike. You see, that's what it takes to win the fight against an ulcer at work. Our next question is about a Christmas card conundrum. Hello, awesome etiquette. My fiancé and I are in the process of planning our wedding. We are using our annual updating of the Christmas card list to create a database for wedding invitations. We're in a pickle about how to address the envelopes. There will probably only be one envelope for the wedding invites. For wedding invitations, I understand that married couples would be addressed as Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. If the woman prefers to use Ms., I understand that I would address them as Mr. John Smith and Ms. Jane Smith. My issue is that the first option seems wrong. I know a lot of women who use Mrs., but wouldn't call themselves Mrs. Husband's first name, husband's last name. I also don't love that the woman's name disappears from the address when using this format. Is it okay to use Mr. John Smith and Mrs. Jane Smith? Is there a better, more formal option I'm missing? While I have you, I'd also love to hear your thoughts on addressing Christmas cards. I've always thought Christmas card envelopes should be less formal than a wedding invitation, and I've been inclined to simply put the Smith family. What do you do? 
Is there a happy medium between wedding formal and listing first names? As a side note, I'm partial to listing first names only because it easily lets me include pets, i.e. John (laughs) Jane Mittens and Rover Smith. Thanks for keeping us sharp and thinking about consideration, respect, and honesty. Kay. Kay, thanks so much for the question. I like your reasoning for why you are partial to listing first names. My first thought and first piece of advice, Dan, is actually to to not worry about the first names at all, especially when we're talking about building a Christmas card list that will double as as a wedding invite list. I think for gathering the information, gather all the names you possibly can to help solve your dilemma. Yes, you could do Mr. Henry Smith and Mrs. Elaine Smith. You could also just drop the first names and do the very classic Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and that would be perfectly okay. But I think that you are right in that a lot of women today don't use their husband's first and last name as their sort of married name and title that they use formally. And at the same time, there are some people who do, and they really want to uphold that tradition and appreciate that tradition. So, Kay, as you're thinking of using your updating of the Christmas card list to help create the database for your wedding invitations, I would use this opportunity to really reach out to people and ask them specifically how they like their names to be uh, seen. I actually had sort of the reverse order happen. My friend Beezer sent me, uh, when he was getting married, a link to a site that that actually collects addresses for exactly this this feature Mm -hmm. um, for when he was getting married. And then this year, I had seen him, uh, sadly, at a memorial service, but we had a wonderful time catching up. And uh, I got the email this year that was, hey, my wife and I are trying to really do the Christmas card thing this year, and we'd love to have you on our list, you know, you update your your mailing address and everything like that? Note to people who receive such emails, that is a perfect time to put in the way you like your name to appear. And I think that's that's really worth noting. When you fill these things out, consider that the person on the other end is trying to make decisions about how to best address you. I love that option. And <laughs> totally. I was thinking about the question of what is the best way to address someone what is the most formal way to address someone? And I think even within that that range of wanting to achieve a level of formality or striving to to get the most formal version that you can, the most important thing is addressing people the way they want to be addressed. And for some people, when the options for the formality are so many that it is it is a tradition for some people to be Mr. and Mrs. Robert Smith. For other people, it's mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. For other people, it's Mr. Robert Smith and Mrs. Jane Smith. And they can all be the most formal available option and they can all be the best option. And you can make that decision yourself, but it's it's so helpful and it is so the absolute A plus answer to find out from someone or from a couple how they like to be addressed because there there are several options. And I don't think that you're alone in having certain preferences yourself. In fact, I know you're mm-hmm. not. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. I think in the absence of other information, you can default to those preferences. You can use those as the criteria that you would use to make the decision. You're the one issuing in the invitation and you're you're part of that equation. But if you're able to find out from someone else and their preference varies from yours a little bit, I think honoring their preference is really important. And 
Lizzie, when you talked about that service that allows you to just send a request and then it aggregates them and puts them all in one place, <laughs> it reminds me that I really need to embrace technology more. I need to, <laughs> to get out there and wrap my arms around these things. And um, that just sounds so convenient to me. And and I know not everyone um, is so familiar with the internet and that maybe there are some real traditionalists in our lives who would find that kind of request strange because it's obvious how they would want to be addressed. But I think it's also probably true that those people you might have a pretty good idea about already that they fall into that category and mm -hmm. that it's for the people where you might have more choices, where you're likely to encounter the kind of appreciation that Lizzie felt being reached out to and connected with in that way. Kay, you ask, what do we do when it comes to things like putting the Smith family on a card? And I, I call me random. I do a mix of different things. It kind of depends on on what I'm in the mood for. I think I've had some where I've included the pets like you've done. Uh, I've also had some where I've included pregnancies, like when someone has named their fetus. Um, that's that's happened and been included. Um, done just the Smith family or the Smiths as another one. I did sort of blow my mind when I read in the 1922 edition that Emily was saying you don't write the Smith family. And of course, we all write things like the Smith family nowadays. It's totally fine. But I think that a, a mix of different things is, is perfectly fine. Typically, I tend to go with whatever I am inspired by when I think about the card and who I'm sending it to. I, I will jump in with a, a little bit of a wet blanket practical thought, which is that <laughs> the, the only real rule or constraint for that envelope is that you want to be sure the address is clear so that it gets to the mm -hmm. right people. And Biggest. Biggest thing, yes. If you're talking about something that's going to a mailbox where it might not be exactly clear who within the family it's intended for, if it's not for everybody within the family, mm -hmm. that you just want to be sure to include enough information that the recipients are able to identify it as being intended for them and that the postal carrier and delivery service can get it there. If you want to have even more fun, if you want to really play around, oftentimes the salutation inside is a good place to do that. Or yeah. if it's a gift, it's the card that's inside with it. And I know you've said that you're not doing envelopes inside envelopes for this, but sometimes the salutation or even just within the card where you address whoever the recipient is by name is another place to play around a little bit and, and have that kind of fun that might not be possible on the outside of a letter. Okay, thank you so much for this question. Congratulations on your engagement, and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season. If you're looking for a last-minute gift for folks on your list, we are very pleased to be able to offer the reminder that most Emily Post books are available as ebooks and audiobooks, which can be delivered via email so very easily. So if you're looking for a last-minute gift, please go to emilypost.com and check out our titles today. And now, back to the show. Our next question is titled Combination Card. Dear Lizzie and Dan, thanks for putting out an informative and helpful podcast. I like to listen while I take a walk during the workday to clear my head. My question is about whether it's okay to use a single greeting card for multiple purposes. I have a young niece whose birthday is at the end of December. This year, 2021, it just so happens to follow Hanukkah by a few weeks 
Hanukkah's dates change each year because the Jewish calendar is different from the Gregorian calendar, listeners are probably more familiar with. My niece sent me a really sweet Hanukkah gift, and as I was writing her a thank you card, I realized that it would arrive just in time for her birthday. Is it okay to write thank you and happy birthday on the same card? Should I use separate cards? She lives far away, so I have to put things in the mail several weeks in advance to assure they arrive on time. Thanks for reading and for your advice. Regards, John. John, thank you so much for the question. It is nice to have a question with a clear etiquette answer to start from. And the clear etiquette answer that we will start from today is that officially it would be a good idea to send two cards. That particularly the thank you note, you want to keep the focus on the thanks. You really want the attention to be on your expression of gratitude and appreciation. And a thank you note by nature doesn't need to be very long. It's not a, a... a long, complicated process to write it out. So the mm-hmm. the the focus of that note, keep it on that thanks, and send a second card to communicate your birthday well wishes. There is a, a version of this question <laughs> that is a classic etiquette question. And oh, yeah. for people that share birthdays with holidays, they mm-hmm. are oftentimes not happy that their birthday gets swallowed up by the holiday. Yeah. And it's another thing to think about if even if this wasn't a thank you card, if you were sending a happy Hanukkah card or a Hanukkah gift, really keeping that separate and distinct from birthday well wishes is something mm-hmm. that many people will really appreciate. And it's a, a smaller subset of the population whose birthdays overlap with those gift giving holidays and – we hear from them that oftentimes their gift pile, birthday gift pile is smaller and the focus <laughs> yeah. and attention on them as individuals goes down. And I think making an effort to not do that or not play into that, if that is something that's going on in someone's life, is something that is worth thinking about. Lizzie Bose, before I confuse everything, help me out. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't know. No, don't. I'm going to go right into your confusion. I think it's great. Dan, I thought that a, a plus on your answer. That's exactly right. I think for the most part, it's really important to recognize sort of the individual events. That being said, I added nothing to our show script because I loved your notes so much that then said, Break the rules. It's all gravy. Maybe put two cards in one envelope. Maybe make the coolest double card anyone's ever seen. <laughs> like I just love the creative thought behind that. I think it would be okay if you wanted to put two cards into one envelope, if you did want to try to make some kind of really cool double card. And I, I know that by break the rules, you don't mean totally break them to be insensitive towards someone. But if you know that this person wouldn't mind, if this person doesn't fall into that category of really wanting things to be separated out. In that case, you know, you could consider breaking the rule or making sure that when you do it, you really give heft to both the thank you and the birthday wish. If you're going to if you're going to put it in one card or find a way to create that coolest double card anyone's ever seen, you just want to make sure that that you're really putting the emphasis on both things so that your one doesn't look like, oh, yeah. And by the way, happy birthday next week. Like, you know, but it's really a a thoughtful birthday message that goes into it. John, we really appreciate the way that you are connecting with your niece and are looking to make sure that you really celebrate her in the right way. And we certainly hope that our answer helps. Jerry and Betty don't need to argue. They can easily find out who is right. Find the facts and you can settle the dispute. 
Our next question is about gift-giving grievance. Dear Awesome Etiquette, I have certain family members who are incredibly generous, loving, altruistic people, which makes what I'm about to ask feel even worse. For the past several years, around this time of year, I will ask them if they have a list that I can choose from for presents. Every year, they send back a list with items such as a walk in the park, a hike in the woods, or a glass of wine on the back porch with my family. It simultaneously infuriates me and makes me feel incredibly guilty when I get these kind of lists back. For one, we do these kinds of things all the time. So listing them on a wish list makes it seem like it's something they're pining for that they never get, which just isn't true. Secondly, I have indeed given them experiences before, arranging for a fishing trip, going out to tea, etc. Some of those experiences that I've curated have gone unused, which makes me feel like the asking is more for show. This year, they did include a few small items, which I purchased as gifts, no experiences. The asking of time and effort really just feels like a lot that I can't deliver on during this season in my family's life, and based on history, I'm not sure it would be taken up on anyways. I'm well aware that I'm projecting a lot of emotional weight into this situation, so I'm coming to you to see if I can get out of my head and apply some practical advice. I'm thinking of just not asking for these lists anymore. What do you think? I also keep a list on my phone of gift ideas for these family members that I add to throughout the year as ideas come to me, or as they mention certain things. Do you have any other ideas of how I can handle this situation, which I've come to dread year after year? I want to feel good about giving presents, not like I'm giving the second tier, less desired gifts. Help and thank you. Oh, anonymous. This is a, it's a, it's it's sort of a tricky little pickle and yet Dan, I don't mean to make short work of what was a a detailed question, but I kind of think our question answer answered their question in in the question by saying I'm thinking of just not asking for these lists anymore. I think that we've always said that gift giving comes from the person giving. And even if there's a registry involved, you know, which is a straight wish list, mm -hmm. that it's okay to go off that registry. I think that if the lists you're getting back are too frustrating to work with for whatever reason, I think it's a good idea. Stop asking for the lists and just get what you really think they would like and appreciate and keep in the back of your mind that they do say these kinds of things like a walk or, you know, a date to do this thing. Maybe it's that you actually come up with the day you're going to do the thing together, you know, when the gift is exchanged. But pending things like that, and I'm really sorry that the fishing trip and the tea outing didn't actually materialize because I thought those sounded like really fabulous experiential gifts. But I think I would feel confident in just giving what you feel good about giving to them, which in this case would be the presents. And I love the fact that this year you got a response that had some small items you could purchase and, and you don't kind of have to deal with the, the experiential gift end of it this year. It's kind of a hopeful sign, right? Yeah. The, the eternal optimist <laughs> in me wants to say, stick with it one more year. Maybe, maybe they'll up the percentages. And, um, <laughs> and with Lizzie and my voice in your head saying that list is a thousand percent just a suggestion, even if you've asked for it and you yeah. can feel good about giving anything that you feel good about giving, it doesn't need to come off that list. Maybe that allows you to let a couple more years unspool and maybe those experiential gifts will start to make up a more reasonable percentage of the, the list response. But if it really does generate 
that negative emotional response in you seeing them. I think it's entirely reasonable, as you've suggested and Lizzie's affirmed, to not request the list in the first place. Lizzie, I can't leave this question without also acknowledging I love the idea of just keeping that list in your phone for when inspiration strikes. I think it's one of the best pieces of gift giving advice that I know we've given on this show and I don't think we gave this year at all. And it really makes makes life so much easier when you've got the opportunity when you're on that trip to that place where they sell the maple syrup that you love so much to get a bunch (laughs) and get it sent home. So it's ready in the fall and winter when you are giving gifts or or just when you're doing something with someone and it occurs to you that they really love this thing or whatever it is that that you um, make as that Picasso note. would say, inspiration finds you working and you note it down <laughs> so it's ready for you later on. I also love the fact that, that that particular tactic can make your holiday season something where you do have time to grab that glass of wine with your sister or whomever and and you actually have time. I was always so impressed by a former boyfriend's mother who shopped throughout the year. We each had a, a basket in the basement that had our name on it. And she, w- if she saw something that she thought was us, she would just get it right then and there. And come, you know, early December, you know, the baskets were full and she had all these wonderful things to do. And she had so much free time to decorate and spend celebrating the holidays with people rather than kind of doing all that elf work that Dan and I have mentioned doing recently. Did you ever look in your basket, Lizzie Post? No, I really did not. I really did not look in my basket. And we stayed in the basement, like where the, like right next door to where the baskets would be in the laundry room. And so it was, it was, you know, it was like a game of not looking, but I don't look either. I mean, like, I think I still have pajama sets that she gave me because they're like really great pajama sets, you know, but I think that 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 preparedness is awesome. So anonymous, keep keep that up for sure and free yourself from the list. (laughs) Thank you so much for sending us in this question. And we do hope that our answer helps this season. Thank you for your questions. Please send us updates or feedback on our answers to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can leave a voicemail or text message at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. You can also reach us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Emily Post Inst. On Instagram, we are at Emily Post Institute. And on Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette. Just use the hashtag Awesome Etiquette with your social media post so we know you want your question on the show. If you enjoy Awesome Etiquette and are curious what our Patreon audience is up to, consider becoming a sustaining member by visiting us at patreon.com slash awesomeetiquette. You'll get an ads-free version of the show and access to bonus questions and content. Plus, you'll feel great knowing you help to keep Awesome Etiquette on the air. And to those of you who are already sustaining members, thank you so much for your support. It's time for our feedback segment where we hear from you about the questions we answer and the topics we cover. And today we have feedback from Corey about babies at weddings. Dear Lizzie and Dan, thank you for keeping awesome etiquette so lighthearted and fun each and every week. I look forward to each episode and hearing your wisdom and honesty about issues that all of us encounter. I have a consideration to add regarding the baby at the adult-only wedding. I come from a large family. There are 21 grandchildren under 9 years old currently, and all of these babies have different personalities and quirks. 
several of my sisters who stay home with their kids full-time have nursed their infants, and a few of these babies have exclusively nursed and absolutely refused to accept any milk from a bottle. This was very frustrating for my sisters at times, but they also accepted the season and would bring their babies along with them for nutritional reasons. While I wholeheartedly agree with not bringing young children and bottle-fed infants to an adults-only wedding, it would be impossible for a mother who exclusively nurses to attend a function like this because that baby would refuse any other form of nutrition. I can see a mother who is a relative bringing her baby to an event like this because she doesn't want to miss out on being part of the family event, even though her baby cannot stay with a sitter. Even at an adult-only wedding, there are potential inebriated people who are obnoxious and relatives who make us cringe. A little baby who is only there because his source of nutrition is there is hardly the only thing that is going to disrupt a wedding. Honestly, if you see this situation in the future, have compassion for the mom. I can almost guarantee she would have preferred to get a babysitter and have a break from her full-time gig as nursing mother. Have a wonderful holiday season. Corey. Corey, thanks so much for the feedback. We we continue to love hearing all perspectives about the whether or not to bring a baby to an adults-only wedding question. Thank you so much for sharing yours. And thank you for sharing your thoughts and updates. Please do keep them coming. You can send your next feedback or update to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. It's time for our Postscript segment, where we dive deeper into a topic of etiquette. And today we're going to talk about receiving gifts well. And I need this Postscript in my life because <laughs> I really? am going to be working with an almost five-year-old this year who knows oh, just oh, enough oh, to see. be dangerous. I was going to say, I know you, cuz, and I know you receive gifts very well. You you need it to help you teach how to receive gifts well. It's important to me, and I really want this to be a skill that my daughter has and enjoys. Well, I got to say, one of the first things you and Nish might decide to do together is you might decide to do a little a little practice. On, I'm thinking on, about it. I'm yeah, absolutely like, thinking like, about Nishu, it. Nishu, we, we really want to make the people who've given us things feel great about the fact that they thought of us and they thought of surprising us with something. Let's try opening a gift and practicing our ooh and ah because sometimes you don't know what's going to be in there and maybe it's not the right color or or maybe it's not something you even thought you wanted and we want to hold those thoughts back and instead encourage our our gratitude thoughts, you know? <laughs> yes. I could see you having a conversation just like that with Nish. And she's so good about this stuff, but it's uh, good on you for being a good dad. Um, but I think that this is really good advice for adults too, right? I mean, we really yep. want to focus on the gift that's been given to us. Mention it. You want to actually look at it, you know, not just like unwrap it, take a glance, say thanks, and put the box and the gift over to the right, you know? You want to look at it, comment it on it, hold it or take it out of its packaging if you can really really absorb the gift for a moment it sounds like such obvious advice and yet <laughs> it's so important that i open it. oh this is great and down it goes onto the ground straight to the next gift i can see the almost five-year-old you know where you're so excited there's like another package and another and another and just unwrapping is so much fun and there's an adult version of that feeling totally. um, not always about getting on to the next gift but 
Yeah. Yeah. Really absorb. I like that word absorb it for a minute. Absorb Spend it. some time <laughs> in that moment with someone. It's really worth it. I think it's really good to, while you don't want to be fake about anything, um, you do want to kind of always have that, and my mother does this so well, but always have that, oh, look at this, or ooh, kind of tone as you open open the gift. Um, it's it's worth kind of cultivating that in, in your arsenal of, of ways to talk um, and be able to pull it out at this particular time. I know I'm not very good at this. I don't have a very good poker face for receiving gifts well. If I'm confused by something, it usually shows quickly. And so this is one I often have to practice. And I go I go into the day thinking, like, if anything's offbeat, you just ooh and awe the heck out of it. And not <laughs> not to be fake with it, but to 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 not show my confusion about something or, you know. And it happens. There are that, you know, people, even when they ask for lists and links to the exact item that you're looking for, it can still go off a little bit. And rather than comment on the thing not being right in the moment, instead focus on, oh, no, I totally, I could see why you got this, or thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate you thinking of me this way, or I really appreciate that you got this for me. You can always deal with um, either exchanges or returns, or if something was a little bit off uh, later on, either absent of the giver themselves or if you have to coordinate with them, you can you can do it at a later time. But having that ooh-ah face, that ooh-ah expression is really, really good to have for the in-the-moment unwrapping of the gift. The effort of that doesn't have to match the effort it took to give the gift. But totally. It's sort of an, an, but it's an attempt to kind of start to meet someone in that place of totally. I've, I've made an effort. So making an effort to receive well I think is okay. In fact – is is even good form and there's always that last recourse whether it's that you really don't like the thing or just the size is a little off but i mean the last resort of really appreciating the effort that someone put in or the thought and i say effort because sometimes something doesn't feel thoughtful but um they always did something (laughs) and that is worth matching and meeting and I think that ooh-ah face is a good way to kind of remind ourselves of that. So another thing that is a common sort of anxiety-driven experience during gift exchanges, and and maybe this doesn't happen if you're um, celebrating something like Christmas and and you're with everybody at the house and you knew who was going to be there and and you got gifts for everybody. But often when we gather with our friends during during these holidays, gifts can be a part of the equation. I'm not going to say an exchange, but the equation. And if you find yourself being given a gift from someone and you don't have a gift in return, it can be really easy to think that the best thing to do is to tell them, oh, your gift is on its way. (laughs) Or, oh, I left it at home. I hadn't wrapped it yet. Or, oh, I, I didn't think we were doing gift exchanges. That one's actually a little probably more honest. But um, you really don't want to lie and make up that your gift for them is coming if you didn't have one planned. Um, you can absolutely 100% use this moment to inspire you to go get them something and give it to them at a later date. 100% okay to do that. But I think that rather than use sort of a bridge of like a, a, of a, of a, I know some people call them white lies, things like that. I think that instead focus on the gift you've been given. Oh my gosh, this is so thoughtful of you. Or, oh my gosh. 
gosh, thank you so much. I really wasn't expecting this, and it is such a wonderful surprise. And then later on, if you if it's in your budget and and your time, and you can you can do something for then th- them then, I think that that's that's perfectly wonderful. But if you can't, you've done the right thing in the moment by focusing on the gift that you've been given. I. I will still never forget the moment where this happened to me one Christmas with a couple girlfriends. Uh, We all lived downtown together and uh, it was really nice. Jenny actually said when she gave me the gift, listen, I know we didn't talk about doing gift exchange, but I really saw this thought of you and had to get it for you. And it was a nice way to kind of preemptively let me know she's not expecting a gift in return having given this to me. It was was a nice way to go. You're reminding me about the reciprocal roles of the gift giver. And I'm Mm -hmm. making a little mental note to do a postscript next year on the reciprocal behaviors like uh, there are for a host and a guest on Mm -hmm. the giver and the receiver. Because one of the roles I really imagine Anisha playing well also is being excited for someone opening something that she gave them. Yes! So that she's not trying to snatch it back out of their hands (laughs) or treating it as a gift for her or – and – um, and she really, likes to surprise people. So this this is actually something I imagine she's going to be very good at. <laughs> she does, but she also likes to take charge. So I, uh, <laughs> I have some concerns that we might be giving and taking all at the same time if, if I don't do a good job preparing. And um, and and I think that there are several parts of that that, that I could imagine being another good postscript. <laughs> but for this year, I had one more thought for us, Lizzie Post. Totally. What is points. it? Thought. What have you got? And we, I think we've covered the basics, the, the in-the-moment gift exchange sort of expectation and, and, and meeting it to our best abilities. I want to offer bonus points for someone that can remember a gift. And maybe it's a couple hours later at the same holiday party or maybe it's a week later when you see them again. And it doesn't need to be a big thanking process, but mm-hmm. bringing up the gift, talking about how you used it or what you enjoyed about it or just something that lets someone know that it made an impact and that it's something mm-hmm. that you still use or enjoy. If it's true, it's a nice way to sort of affirm and take advantage of that exchange having happened to continue to to, to grow a relationship. And it can feel really good when you've given a gift and you've been thanked for it, all of the, the basic the have been expectations hit, marks have, been, have hit. been met. Yeah, yeah. But then you hear a week later how much they're enjoying their new Melita coffee maker, whatever it is. It's um, it, it can really give someone a lot of pleasure, a lot of joy. So if we can do that for someone else, I think it's worth keeping in mind. Well, and because you know, you know what I'm going to piggyback on that with is that. <laughs> This is where even if you thank someone in person, a thank you note is so useful. If you aren't going to get the chance to run into them or see them or you don't pick up the phone and call them, um, a thank you note later on, even if you've opened the gift in front of the giver, is never a bad idea. And I love the idea of really affirming for the giver that what they gave, you know, was meaningful or useful or that you've been so enjoying it. It's it I think it does kind of as you said give bonus points to the whole situation and it it's nothing but a feel good moment. So I love the idea of encouraging that. <laughs> I'm getting excited cuz I'm getting excited for all the gift giving. The TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've already teased a postscript for next year. It won't arrive in time to help with this year's gift exchanges, but we hope today's postscript does and wish you all a really wonderful holiday season. Mm -hmm. But how did you know? I mean, it's the very one I wanted. Eddie seemed to know what you wanted. He insisted we get that particular one. Eddie, you knew 
all the time. Well, I saw you ogling it in the store window. I couldn't help see you were crazy over it. And you said you didn't know how to be thoughtful. <laughs> We like to end our show on a high note, so we turn to you to hear about the good etiquette you're seeing and experiencing out in the world, and that can come in so many forms. And today, we have a salute from Sesha. Hello, Lizzie and Dan. I have a salute for the cashier at my local dollar store. One of our Hanukkah traditions is that the kids, four and six, get coins each day. One on the first day, two on the second, etc. We do quarters, so at the end of Hanukkah, they have $9 to spend at the dollar store. We went yesterday, and they, of course, grabbed everything they could see. They had been told that they could get anything they wanted as long as they had enough money of their own. We got to the cash register, and the cashier was just so patient with them. He counted out all of their quarters, and when my son had obviously taken too much, took the time to help him decide what to leave. He did not make us feel like anything but valued customers. It really made their day. Thanks, Sasha. Oh, I just I just love that on so many fronts. Sesha, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent us something and everyone who supports us on Patreon. It was so nice to see your wonderful faces. We can't wait to do it again. Please do connect with us and share the show with friends, family, and coworkers, however you like to share podcasts. You can send us questions, feedback, and salutes. We need your salutes by email to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. By phone, you can leave us a message or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. On Twitter, we are at emilypostinst. On Instagram, we are at emilypostinstitute. And on Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette and the Emily Post Institute. Please consider becoming a sustaining member. You can find out more about this by visiting patreon.com slash awesome etiquette. You can also subscribe to the ads version of our show on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. And please consider leaving us a review. It helps our show ranking, which helps more people find awesome etiquette. Our show is edited by the incredible Chris Albertine and assistant produced by the wonderful Bridget Dowd. Thanks, Chris, Thanks, and, Chris Bridget. and Bridget. Thanks, Chris and Bridget.